You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast, a 24-7 sports podcast. I'm Billy Ambody, with me, Shay Dixon, for a recruiting-heavy podcast today. But first, Shay, back Back in Baton Rouge, feels pretty nice. Hit the Starbucks on campus, saw Maurice Hampton. He was looking yoked up. Trey Palmer got a new dog, apparently. I saw him walking around. And Ed Ogeron was on his porch at Football Ops on a FaceTime with probably a recruit. Uh, Things are kind of starting to get back to normal. Yeah, I mean, everybody reported. We're recording this on a Tuesday. Um, Everybody reported last week for voluntary team workouts, and they got everybody to come in. Uh, They were supposed to start Monday. Uh, the storm crystal ball over the weekend. Uh, they took some precaution there. Didn't do it Monday. They went after it Tuesday, and uh, they're what they're getting eight hours a week with these guys. So that's six hours of really Tommy Moffat and the strength staff doing uh, whether it's weights or conditioning or whatever it might be. Uh, and then Ed Orgeron and them get them for uh, two hours a week on whether it's Zoom call position meetings or going through uh, what Ed Orgeron essentially said is a walkthrough type thing that he considers to be football school. So they'll do that for a bit. Um, But Billy, before we dive into the recruiting news, we should add that the big news of the week, Brandon Marcello reported on this for uh, 24-7 Sports, but uh, that plans are in motion. uh, And he, you know, sources had had given him uh, the layout of what the calendar looked like for the rest of the summer. But as these ADs had been talking about, it's getting kids back to campus and obviously taking all the precautionary steps with COVID. But in terms of football, getting them onto campus, letting them have voluntary stuff, then gradually moving into what your normal summer workouts would look like uh, before fall camp begins. But just before that, you get a little extra with them um, that you might normally not. But point being, fall camp is starting on time is what they're putting, which would mean the season is starting on time. Yeah, and now that you're starting to see states allow fans even in Texas 50% capacity for sporting events, I think that that's, you know, as long as things don't trend in the opposite direction of where they're at right now, we're going to see fans, I think, in Tiger Stadium in the end. And now that's a long way off, and there's a lot of things that have to happen to get to that point. But starting on time is a good start for college football season. Absolutely. I'm excited. Well, look, the one we haven't had any sports, but they've had a lot of recruiting and uh, one thing that's dominated the headlines, at least for us on our site, is people care about offensive tackle recruiting. So let's spend a bit. Let's go down the list, um, and let's start at the top. The the one name that we feel the best about, Garrett Dellinger, who, out of Michigan, a top 100 offensive tackle. Uh, he's a consensus uh, top 10, or excuse me, top 12 tackle uh, in the country. I believe he's on the composite uh, in that 10 to 15 range, and the, and the same with 24-7. So a legit left tackle or right tackle option. And Billy, he revealed this week that in a little more than two weeks, June 24th, he's going to announce his college commitment. Our crystal ball picks are on LSU, which is good news. And I, I don't see that changing, barring a, a, you know, a shift. I think Michigan has made it interesting. They offered his younger brother, I believe, uh, and trying to keep him in state. But James Craig, a lot of credit has to go to him if they do end up landing him because he's gone up to Michigan and he's landed one highly you know, touted offensive lineman in Anthony Bradford, and now he could be landing another one in, in Garrett Dellinger, who uh, has seen Michigan really turn up the heat and, and 
as of now, LSU sits in the pole position still to land him. Yeah, people were asking when with recruiting, and I think it's happened with a number of guys already, but when would the, the season and 15-0 and and all that pay off? And they got really stung by not being able to have visitors all spring and uh, have guys around for the NFL draft and everything like that. But uh, point being, and, and to see the new facilities and to see the, the trophies and the Heisman and the National Championship trophy, uh, all of that is the kind of stuff that you really kind of lock kids in on uh, when they're on a visit. And we'll see if that happens in the fall. Um, but to go back to the point, when were these dominoes going to start dropping and pay off for guys that might normally not go to LSU? And I think that between what Craig has done, like you said, Anthony Bradford out of Michigan, he comes down for one year, red shirts. Now he's about to start at right guard. That's at least um, who they've kind of pegged as the front runner. So I know they're pitching that to Dellinger and pitching the need for tackles, uh, true tackles. Um, and even now, Dare Rosenthal, a left tackle for LSU, was a D lineman when he came into the program. Um, so I think this is one that my crystal ball picks on LSU, yours is. We've checked around with everybody in the Midwest, with Michigan, with Ohio State and Penn State, and everybody's saying LSU. That's going to be a big domino to drop, Billy, because we'll get on this list, but they need to come away with at least two of these guys. They really do. And, and speaking of uh, two, top two, I would say, is for Tristan Lee, and that's Clemson and LSU. He's got a long list of schools after him, but I think most have pegged the, the five-star offensive tackle out of Virginia who camped at LSU last summer before that big rise. James Craig had him on campus then. They're trying to change his mind, I think, in, in terms of you know bringing him all the way out to Baton Rouge. Uh, it seems like Clemson and LSU are the ones really duking it out here. Yeah, and I mean, I always say, watch a kid's actions. And he's from the, the East Coast. He's visited Clemson. Uh, most recently in January when they had a big recruiting weekend uh, with a lot of their commits and future commits on campus. And I think that really swung it for them to to be a serious contender here beyond just being a, a top-notch college football program. But with Lee, he was at LSU camp last summer working out uh, for multiple days with James Craig. He came back for a game in the fall uh, and saw you know what Tiger Stadium was like. And then he was already slated to be back again this spring. So the interest, I think, is real. Um, as you said, he's got a laundry list of teams, Penn State, um, Ohio State, uh, Alabama. A lot of schools have recruited him heavily, Virginia Tech, Clemson. But I do think it's LSU and Clemson. I'm not sure from talking to him that he's in any sort of major rush uh, to make a commitment. Um, I think he'd like to double back to a lot of these schools again, which has been kind of a theme with some of these offensive linemen. But I do think that I'd watch dominoes falling because there's guys that could wind up at Clemson. There's guys that could wind up at Penn State um, that would push certain guys in other directions. And we'll talk more about these dominoes here. But dropping one for LSU and Dellinger will be big. I think Lee, I'm agreeing with you. I do think Lee is that next guy up in terms of the guy I feel best about. And he's, I don't know, where do we have him ranked? We don't have his profile up, but five-star? I mean, he's up there. He's the number 13th overall prospect in the country and uh, the number two offensive tackle, I think, on the on the composite. He's really uh, high up there. I could have that wrong, but I was just looking at his profile a little bit earlier today and uh, had that. So uh, another domino. We talked about these dominoes that are starting to drop. A lot of people always point to quarterbacks as the ones that start to get things going, but offensive tackles are starting to be that next wave in this class because it seems like J.C. Latham, who had a big rise this spring, is next up to make a decision. 
and two others, two other offensive linemen just in general that uh, are trending in the way of Alabama. Seems like James and Tommy Brockermeyer out of Texas. Uh, Tommy's a five-star offensive lineman. His brother James is the number one center in the country. LSU's been battling for all three of those guys, and it seems like right now uh, LSU's kind of faded a bit uh, for all three. You know, I would say that for two of them, yes. And I think that James Brockermeyer is a guy, and Billy, you've covered the family in Texas for a while, that um, plays center. I think that he has some serious interest uh, in, in LSU. And I think that it's tough, too, when you've got a brother in the same grade who's the number one offensive tackle prospect in America, uh, and you can get overlooked in a sense. He's a really good football player. Yeah. I mean, he is the number one center in the country. So uh, I think you look at the group. I'll start with J.C. Latham, who for a long time people thought, everybody seemed, he was going to trend to Ohio State. He's from the Midwest. He plays at IMG, but parents are from uh, Wisconsin, I believe. But him going home and growing up in the Midwest, he got exposed to Ohio State a lot early. Um, and it might even have been Minnesota where his parents live. But point being, the Buckeyes led, and then boom, Bama surges. And we had talked about this a couple of weeks ago in some tidbits that, um, look, Tim Watts at, and Hank South at BOL do a great job, and Wilt Fong on the national scene. And um, I was kind of feeling everybody out for tidbits on these O-linemen, and they, I got the sense that, hey, Latham, watch out, Bama surgeon. They had had Evan Neal out of IMG. Uh, he had played well, or at least early, certainly. Uh, and I think that has kind of caught Latham's attention. And then just the Alabama program in general he had, uh, has had some uh, visits there and whatnot. So I, uh, I do think that if he's your next domino, Billy, and he goes to Bama, what does it mean for the Brockermeyers? Because Brockermeyers had both had interest in Alabama, had offers from Alabama. Uh, Alabama's heavily recruiting them. But if Alabama's reeling in their left tackle in J.C. Latham, is Tommy Brockermeyer still wanting to play left tackle there. And um, a good buddy of the program and the site, Mike Roach, uh, wrote some stuff last night at Horns 247. It wasn't incredibly well received by the Texas crowd, but he said from spending some time with the boys and, and being around the family and program uh, that they play for long enough, he thinks it doesn't matter that they're yeah. still into Alabama and that Alabama might have a chance to drop both these dominoes. So as we track where this all goes I think a lot of us are watching. Are the Brockermeyers in a rush to make a decision? Maybe not. But it doesn't seem Alabama's out of the picture there if they get Latham. And the interesting thing will be, can LSU, I think, separate the brothers if, if that does become the case, if Tommy does go to Alabama? Texas, of course, had been there for a while, their, their Texas legacies. Uh, they think they can do that with James. And James Craig has been doing a great job on James Brockermeyer. They've been on multiple FaceTime, Zooms. They've been constantly communicating. I think for Tommy, he might be kind of tiring of the process a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see, man, it, what they do, because those are two of the, like we said, the best offensive linemen in the country. How much will the depth chart or their own recruiting class matter? I think that's been the big thing. And I think what, going back to Lee, that's something that, you know, strikes him in LSU. And he's, he's, he told you, he said, I can see the depth chart. I can see they need offensive tackles at LSU. Let me ask you two things, and we'll move on from the Brocker Myers and, and Latham. And Latham, we think, winds up at Alabama. And I think this will tell us a lot about if LSU's got any shot here um, because you're painting the picture that, and I agree, that they'd have a better shot with James than Tommy. Now let's start here. Is there any chance, and, and Mike Roach seems to think there is, and many others do as well, that 
these two kids whose brother plays at Texas, whose father played at Texas, whose grandfather played at, you know, these... Mom was a this, Texas cheerleader. This legacy. Is there a chance, a very real chance, that they just do not go to Texas? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I thought that they would for sure wait to watch this season. Not so sure about that anymore. And I mentioned that Tommy might be tired of the process, but, you know, Tom Herman, it's a big year for him. And he's got to produce and he's got to have a good year. And if they're not going to wait and watch that, I think that says a lot about, A, where just Texas stands for him in general. But that was kind of the, the thing that Texas was hanging on to, I think, lately, is that they were going to you know be able to have a good year with Sam Ellinger, quarterback, the changes they made to the staff, this and that. You know, maybe they pull off a, a win at Tiger Stadium with the Brockmeyers in attendance. Uh, that could kind of shift things. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if, if they're not willing to wait right now to see what Texas even does on the field, I think that kind of says it all. And the second question is, is there, again, to speak to LSU's chances here, is there any chance these brothers do not play together at the next level? I think there's a chance, but... It, I mean, his dad just left the, the SMU program where he had been a quality control coach to move back to the high school ranks uh, so that he can watch the boys play on Saturdays. And if he's doing that, he's coaching on Friday nights and then heading off to a campus to go catch a game, I would think he'd want to want the guys to, to go to the same college. Now, it is their decision, and we've seen, I think, that more than ever, that it is the boys' decision on where they want to go. And if that means splitting up, that means splitting up. But as we've tracked James and Tommy here lately, you know, we're seeing James talk with James Craig and Ed Ogeron all the time. Tommy, maybe that's falling off a little bit. Now, I think we're seeing the chance that they could separate and could go elsewhere. It, uh, it'll be interesting to track if they do take it into the, the senior year at all or if they wait. We'll touch real quick on one guy, Nolan Rucci. And only to say this because... Um, Nolan Ritchie's a five-star offensive tackle. LSU's been recruiting him. People I talked to said, uh, Billy, that look, Ed Orgeron and them, they're great on these Zoom calls. They've really caught the family's attention. But this is what stings LSU. They can't get any of these guys in on a visit. And the fact that Ritchie has not visited before, he's got a brother at Wisconsin who's playing. A lot of people think he winds up at Wisconsin. But Penn State and Clemson, most notably to my point here, Clemson, are in the mix for him. And... If he goes to Clemson, which right now I think people think he's going to go to Wisconsin. He was once trending to Clemson. But if he goes to Clemson or another big tackle, that helps out with Tristan Lee because Tristan Lee's looking at Clemson. If he sees a marquee left tackle go in there, he might be a bit more hesitant uh, if it's a five-star guy like Nolan Rucci. So just some things to monitor. Um, look, there's a we wrote the article on this. There's a tons of names we can get to. Uh, and they'll be handing out more offers. But I, let's close here, Billy, with someone you know well. I don't say this often, that we can have uh, the pod here and you can drop knowledge on SMU and LSU. <laughs> but I'll give you the chance for it. Savion Bird is a five-star offensive tackle. Now, top 40 player in the country. Everybody considers him to be one of the best. He also is trending on the 24-7 crystal ball 100%. To your alma mater, the Mustangs. We know his look. We know he's from the area. We know there's a ton of buzz. If you don't know, SMU's got a really good recruiting class. Um, they're recruiting well within the conference. They're recruiting really well inside the state of Texas with guys. Catch us up here because the I guess how we view it, and I know Oklahoma's in it, and all these other teams, Bama, whoever else has offered him, but it seems like it's 
okay, he's probably going to wind up at SMU, but if he doesn't, it's LSU. Is that fair? Yes, I, I think that's that's right on. I, and and he said that too. I mean, Savion's a, a, a guy that has kind of flown under the radar for being a top 40 prospect. He's got these offers, but he played defensive tackle last year for Duncanville uh, because his coaches wanted him to. They needed him on the defensive line. Uh, that was kind of their one area of concern on that state championship uh, appearance team that, that went back-to-back state titles uh, title games. But for Bird, he kind of hasn't gotten that attention, and he hasn't been able to take many visits. He's only been to SMU, uh, Texas, and Auburn. So that's kind of his, his group of visits so far. And Texas has faded in that recruitment. I, I wouldn't say they're among the top three. And then you've got Oklahoma, who's been recruiting him hard. But I think it's an LSU-SMU battle. SMU has uh, his high school coach's son, Rashad Samples, who's probably one of the rising stars, especially in the recruiting world uh, in college football right now, if he's able to to pull off uh, Savion Bird uh, in this class for SMU. And so they've got that tie. One of his teammates, Jadarius Thursby, is committed to SMU. And quite frankly, his parents want him to stay close to home. And uh, that's why I think it's LSU, SMU, and, and Oklahoma uh, more than ever. Uh, he's visited Auburn, but that's far from home. I don't really see him going to Georgia. That was another school he's mentioned. Uh, but LSU is the one school that he said, I've got to get back to and I've got to visit. Now with the dead period extended to July 31st, will that you know, hold true that he ha- wants to take visits? He has to take visits? I think, it, I think it will hold true from what I've heard. I think he's uh, not in a rush to make a decision, ton of behind the scenes buzz on SMU and and that's that checks out whether it's you know Mike Roach got to pick in Steve Wolfong's got to pick in uh, that's been kind of the prevailing thought is he's just gonna end up at SMU stay close to home and and uh, go play for Rashad Samples who's been recruiting him uh, even since he was at Texas so it, it it's shocking I mean it's shocking to me if that happens I mean it really is uh, until the the ink dries on on his NLI because LSU just won a national championship, but you know, some kids just want to stay home, and I think this pandemic has kind of shown that more than anything. I think one thing I heard, Billy, was that a couple of people told me this when I was digging around for stuff. They said, um, I won't be shocked at all if he commits to SMU. I'll be surprised if he signs with SMU. So long way to signing day. We'll see what happens. 100%. And I think there's a long way to, to solving this offensive tackle uh, recruiting class for, for LSU. And uh, if you want to read more on these offensive tackles, you can uh, check out uh, Shay's piece on Go 24-7. Uh, you can scroll back and, and find it, and, and he'll uh, retweet it when we uh, drop this podcast here. And one final thing, uh, we talked about Nolan Rucci. Uh, his teammate, Riley Malman, is committed to Wisconsin. That was the one that you, uh, you, you dropped on there that might be uh, a possibility now, Wisconsin native, will he not end up at Wisconsin? But right. I do want to say, I drafted him oh, on my 24 well, 7 Sports Insider I'll draft. Give, I'll give you some, um, some tampering his, you know, some behind the scenes. <laughs> I, uh, I was digging around on these O line guys, and um, much like LSU has uh, these plans of guys they could offer here soon, or, or the, you know, the, kind of what the rest of their board looks like beyond the top five, six, seven guys at offensive tackle. And a lot of the schools said, hey, look, we're recruiting Nolan Rucci, but as soon as he pops for Wisconsin, if it is Wisconsin, we're going after Malman, who's Wisconsin's current O-line, best O-line commit. So 
Uh, we'll see if those guys end up playing together again or if they end up going somewhere else. But uh, yeah, there you go. You're bringing your fantasy draft <laughs> world into the reality here. Well, uh, hey, look, I have J.C. Latham. I've yep. got a couple of guys on this Did, team. Yeah, you you really cleaned up. Uh, Amarius Mims, yep. but he's, we didn't really talk about him. Yeah. I think he's a Bama, Georgia guy. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, one thing about Mallman, too, uh, he is just exactly what LSU fans asked for. They just asked to recruit those Wisconsin offensive linemen that are coming up through the farm and all of that stuff. So, look, they could get their wish. Or they say Iowa tight ends, too, and yep. they're doing it right now. They're they're in it with an Iowa tight end. So, Well, we'll uh, have plenty more on uh, the 2021 recruiting efforts on the offensive line on Go 24-7 throughout this dead period. We'll keep you up to date on what's going on on that front. But for now, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. And we'll work backwards, 2023, 2022, 2021, three prospects uh, that we want to talk about on the other side of this break from the Go 24-7 podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. Quick reminder, guys, to leave us a rating, leave us a review, and subscribe to the Go 24-7 podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. We're on iTunes, uh, Spotify, Google, whatever. Uh, you can find us out there on the internet uh, on your podcast listening platform. Shay, uh, I think this is kind of shocking. We're in a pandemic, and... A lot of people say, well, how can you evaluate players if we're 24-7 sports and change rankings and all of that? But it's the same thing as LSU evaluating all these players. And a big offer went out to a player that's never started a high school game before. Eli Holstein, the Zachary 2023 quarterback, picks up an offer from Ed Ogeron and, and LSU this week. And I saw him in 7-on-7 seven seven shortly before you know COVID-19 kind of ended all of that. He's a real good player. He just says he had to start a high school game. Yeah, and you got to remember, too, he was uh, a kid that played, well, at STM and then in Lafayette area, and then he transferred into Zachary. So he was sitting last year behind Keelan Brown, who had won state titles for Zachary and, and obviously ultimately signed with Memphis. So now he gets his shot three years. He's going to be a sophomore. Three years is a lot of high school football to start for a quarterback. So he's going to have a plenty of experience. He's going to get a ton of offers, but I like this offer from LSU. And um, I think this plays in everyone from Ed Orgeron to offensive coordinator, Steve Insminger um, to kind of one of their lead offensive analysts, Russ Calloway, who kind of oversees quarterback stuff, uh, which is something George Munoz did before he left for Baylor. Um, you've seen these guys make good relationships with some of these younger prospects, get to know their parents. 
and they know these high school coaches well enough, David Brewerton at Zachary, uh, the folks in the Lafayette and Acadiana area, to be able to get film and get background and know how good these kids are. And I was talking to Eli Holstein. He's 6'3", 205, he said. Checked in on day one of camp. So uh, if he's getting uh, that big, then uh, look, a brother who just played, signed with Law Tech, had been committed to Harvard for a long time, who was a state title winner on an STM team that was really good, but he made it go. Uh, and then you've ha- got a father. His dad was... Uh, a punter, a captain uh, for LSU in the early 90s. His mom went to LSU, but uh, he's got two things, football in his blood, and he's got LSU in his blood. And uh, this is a big offer for a number of reasons, but the biggest, and and we'll run through this here kind of together, is that Louisiana doesn't really ever have great quarterbacks. If you're like offering some quarterback, and this is what we're about to speak on right here, and, and briefly, we'll talk a ton more on these guys over the summer and and as they continue their high school careers. But if Louisiana doesn't turn out a ton of high-level quarterbacks, it's rare they get a top 100 guy, and you've got a guy in Walker Howard, who we'll talk about in a minute at STM, who's maybe a borderline five-star by the time uh, his next couple of years are done. Then you move into this 2023 class of kids who just got done freshman year. Eli Holstein has an LSU offer. He's not even a starter yet, but you know he's got bloodlines, size, can play. And then Arch Manning at Newman, the son of Cooper Manning, uh, played this past year. He's the same age as Eli, 2023, but Newman needed a quarterback this year. And he was the guy, uh, and he went over 2,400 yards. I think he had 34 touchdowns, about four rushing touchdowns. So just shy of 40 total touchdowns, I think six interceptions. But he's been reported now to be in that 6'3", 190 range. So you're looking at two kids, Billy who are ninth grade, they literally just finished ninth grade, we'll call them both 6'2", 2'3", and in that 190 to 200 range where that's legit and both these kids have arms. One's got an LSU offer now. Arch Manning isn't really allowed to have any offers yet, at least none that have ever been reported. But there's no doubt, A, that both these guys are going to be national quarterbacks and that, B, LSU is very serious early on about making sure they get one of those guys. And it's not a bad play at all, especially if they were to end up with Walker Howard, who I watched this week. Uh, they got back to work over there in the Lafayette area. I was able to get out there and, and go see uh, Coach Hightower's program and, and what they were getting back to doing in the weight room. They were able to get out and do a little bit of throwing after the uh, the, the weight room session was done, dodge, dodge some rain. But look, I think with some of these young quarterbacks, you can just really watch how they spin it. And you can just kind of tell that one over there. He's going to have it. And Walker was one of those guys right off the, the jump, and especially in January at the All-American uh, Combine. He was just lighting it up. I mean, his arm strength was off the charts. Uh, he showed that yesterday when I watched him on, on Monday afternoon. Uh, and look, I mean, LSU holds the, the crystal ball edge for Walker, and he's a national guy. He's somebody that I really feel, especially with him bulking up the way he looks like he has, He's got a chance to be a five-star and finish in that conversation, which is just unbelievable to even be talking about as a, as a Louisiana quarterback. And we've put in crystal ball picks on Walker Howard over the past month. Um, we've heard buzz that things are trending in the right direction. You heard similar, nothing different. You know, when you were over there, did it seem a pro LSU vibe when it comes to how his recruitment might play out here over the summer months? Yeah, it, it does. I, and I think – that's something we've been talking about, you know, for the past month over the over the course of that on on the site, and 
I was talking to another prospect the other day, and uh, they go, "Hey, how does the crystal ball work? And how do you how do you find out all this stuff? And you're you guys are able to you know figure out sometimes where these kids are going to college. It doesn't always work out. You know, see Eric Gilbert, but you know, I told him, look, I said it's a lot of educated guesses. You know, sometimes there's direct info, but also it's just kind of common sense too. And crystal ball picks for Walker Howard might not have you know, made sense right when he picked up his offer, but you could have made a case for it then. LSU legacy, his dad, Jamie, was a quarterback at LSU. And, and you know, he's just one of those prospects that it kind of makes sense to put in an LSU crystal ball pick. But LSU's done a really good job recruiting him. I was talking to Coach Hightower, and he just raved about the job LSU's done recruiting their program, and not only Walker, but just showing interest in other players in the program. And, you know, maybe that, that player could be a walk-on or – They've recruited Jack Beck a little bit over there, and, and he's committed to Vanderbilt right now. So that it just takes a, a village to recruit a, a player like that, even if they're a legacy. You know, we won't spend more time here on the quarterbacks, but it'll be interesting to see if they can go from Max Johnson and TJ Finley in this past class to Garrett Nussmeyer, who they've landed a commitment for in this class, to then Walker Howard in the next class, to then potentially either an Eli Holstein or an uh, an Arch Manning in the next class. And and one thing when I look at Billy right now, their current commit, uh, Garrett Nussmeyer, in the post-Joe Burrow era, uh, and you look back at Max Johnson as well, Max Johnson, Garrett Nussmeyer, um, into Walker Howard, and then uh, whether it's Eli Holstein or Arch Manning, all those kids come from football families. Either their parents were quarterbacks, or uh, in Eli's case, his brother's a quarterback, his dad was uh, a player at LSU, so he would be a legacy uh, I think in the post-Burrow era, they like the idea of uh, your quarterback either having a lot of experience around football growing up or, or having that football family, but something that uh, is kind of giving him that extra gear and drive to be, uh, you know, kind of one of the elite quarterbacks out there. And I think, too, I mean, when it, let's say all of that happens, it plays out. You feel really good about where the LSU quarterback room stands no in the future. And all of those guys, for the most part, have shown really good completion percentage, accuracy, zip on their balls. I mean, there's very little, you can debate like, should Garrett Nussmeyer be higher in the rankings or, you know, Walker Howard, he's not started a game yet, but you could tell there's just a lot of natural pedigree with all of those guys that you mentioned. It's funny that of the, of the Walker, Eli, uh, Arch crowd, Arch is the only one who's actually started, you know, been starting football games out there at least full time. (laughs) Um, but Obviously, STM and, and Zachary both had some pretty good college quarterbacks or pretty good quarterbacks that went on to play in college. Hey, let's we wrap up here with it's a huge name. Let's go back to 2021. You went to STM's workouts or saw Walker Howard workout. You also went to Walker High School, saw Brian Thomas. You used to go there to watch Jalen Cook play basketball. LSU signed him. What's the vibe? The vibe out there is he dropped a top four, but I get the feeling it's LSU Bama. First of all, terrific segue there uh, into the, the right. Brian Thomas uh, discussion. Yeah, at top four of Alabama, Georgia, LSU, and Texas A&M. But from getting around the program and getting around Brian just a little bit more, one, I mean, you can tell he kind of lights up a little bit more about Alabama and LSU. And, and and that makes sense. And that's kind of where we've kind of handicapped that recruitment for the most part. But I think the buzz right now is in LSU's corner. I think he can drop a commitment quite frankly, at any time. I think it's you know, potentially going to be later in the summer, but that's what he told me. He said, I can let it fly whenever. 
And so for me, getting around that and having one of his best friends in Jalen Cook at LSU now as a, as a basketball signee about to hit campus here soon, that's big. And, and I think people underestimate that at times looking at, you know, Jalen going to LSU to play basketball and potentially Brian following him uh, and, and doing his thing on the football side of things. I think that's where his future is. He's a really good basketball player, but Jalen and him are really tight. And I think going to college together, it's not the one thing that goes into his decision and whatnot, but that was kind of the prevailing thing, I think, just being around some people that, hey, look, these guys are really, really close. And the buzz was kind of that you know, some people feel like it. You know, he's LSU's to lose at this point. Yeah, and I know Garrett Nussmeyer told me that he's been talking with Brian Thomas and been talking with Chris Hilton, their other big in-state receiver, that they're targeting. I guess we should say for those um, might not be as obsessed with recruiting as the rest of us, Brian Thomas out of Walker High, the number two receiver in the country. So um, a five-star range kid who could be uh, obviously um, a big instant impact guy for you. They have two top 100 receivers committed right now in JoJo Earl and Deion Smith. Those guys aren't from Louisiana, though. Now they're focused on Thomas and Hilton. We've always known Hilton was sort of trending to LSU. They've got track and field going for him. He's always said he was going to shut things down before his senior year, but I am with you on Brian Thomas in that this is a kid who does not do much social media. He doesn't really care if anybody is putting any crystal ball picks or if they talk about him on the radio or if they write an article about him. He doesn't really, it's none of it phases him. He's there to play football. He goes to school. Um, parents are super involved in his life and it, it's a kind of a tight knit family to where I think that he, I believe him when he says I could do it at any time as long as, because that means that him and his family are on the same page. They've made the decision and I think then it would be done. There would be no real drama to it, but make no mistake about it. Ed Orgeron moved Kevin Falk onto uh, Brian Thomas after Tommy Robinson went to Texas A&M. I think that's helped a lot. Mickey Joseph has proven to be good with Louisiana guys. And this class has some momentum. And knowing now, I like your tidbit on Jalen Cook, obviously. Knowing now that guys like Nussmeyer are behind the scenes, really recruiting him but not really willing to say what all they're kind of talking about, I think those guys have a good feel for how this class will round up, at least with skill guys on offense. And uh, I'm gaining more confidence each day on Brian Thomas. That would give them, I believe, four top 75 overall prospects at receiver. I think Deion Smith might have might be just like top 80. Yeah. But gosh, what a haul that would be if they were able to get those four. They'd all. I wonder if they're all top 10, maybe all top 10 or 15 receivers. It's pretty impressive. If you had four of the top 15 receivers. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, and it's a good 2021 wide receiver class, too. So uh, those guys are among the best in the country. LSU would love to land them. They'd love to land plenty more. Uh, players that we could talk about and will talk about on a future podcast. But for now, Shay, I think it's time to wrap this edition of the pod up. I think we're going to hit Superior at some point this week and oh, yeah. kind of celebrate the the reopening of, of workouts and all of those things. So uh, we've got to leave some time for that eventually. Yeah, we'll get to it. Support local businesses, and that's what I've been doing throughout the pandemic. I've been eating out pretty much all the time. So, Yep, and so we appreciate all of you guys supporting us on this podcast and uh, listening and subscribing and doing all those things. So uh, for more on LSU recruiting, you can subscribe to go247.com, a part of the 24-7 Sports Network, for just a dollar for your first month. So feel free to do that. Check it out for a month. going to be a big summer, and we appreciate all you guys listening to the pod. Thanks for listening, and have a great rest of the week. 
Hello everyone, it's Micah Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.